studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Got an ER doctor in Burbank. St. Joseph's Medical Center. Said he'd be happy to help me get uh, monoclonal antibodies, but I need yes. to get them ASAP. Monoclonal. Monoclonal antibodies. M- monoclonal. Not colonial. I'm anti-colonial. You get a tri-cornered hat and a shot. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, coming up, L.A. instituting a $40 million universal basic income pilot program, which is completely off-base and run badly, according to experts in this sort of thing, as, as Cal Unicornia continues to just just compulsively and avoidably do the wrong thing. Plus, Jack, let me submit this to you. Our topic, iconic cartoon voices. You have Mel Blanc as Bugs Bunny, Porky Swine, and the other beloved Warner Brothers cartoons. You have... I'm trying to think if there's anything on that level. Uh, You have Tom Hanks as Woody and Tim Allen as Buzz. I mean, I think they're on the level. They're all-time iconic voices. Well, there's a new Buzz Lightyear movie coming out, and Tim Allen, a conservative, is out. And a liberal actor has been hired for the role. Is that what's going on here? We'll bring that story to you. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I tested positive for officially for the COVID, and I'm supposed to get monoclonal antibodies ASAP. Um, I was planning on doing nothing. Now I feel like I've got all this, these burdens on me, like they say, the list of homework. And the thing with that is, I'm, when you're sick and you feel like crap, that's the, Ugh. the last time you like wanna make appointments and do research. <laughs> I wanna just get into bed right now, which is right next to me. I'm at home. I wanna climb into bed and put the covers over my head. Yeah, can I lay here shivering instead? Or do I need to do research on a bunch of different drugs I should take? How's your oxygenation? Let me check right now. I got it right here. Check. This is exciting. Is it? This is on-air medical testing. I don't don't hear a lot of other radio shows do this, and I think I know why. You're going to feel a little bit of pressure. Um, I'm 98 on the oxygen, so I'm good. uh, Oh, please. My pulse is 78. You're a superstar. Good shape. Um. Uh, you know, everybody listens to the show knows I'm super into the whole us going to war with China story. I just think it's inevitable, and uh, I'm trying really hard not to root for it. Right. Because it's easy to get kind of sucked into, like, you're so excited about it, you want it to start now. But No, 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 no. Wars are not good. Wars are nothing but bad. Bad things come out of wars. Um, I just don't think it's avoidable. Anyway, they tested a new... uh, a new weapon the other day that got our attention. Here's Jen Griffin from Fox News. For the first time, a senior U.S. national security official confirmed revelations first reported by the Financial Times that China surprised the U.S. by testing not one, but two hypersonic missiles while the U.S. was distracted this summer with the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Uh, what we saw was a very significant event of a test of a hypersonic uh, uh, weapon system, um, and it is very concerning. Now, this is an enormous change in the character of war, and we're going to have to adjust our military going forward. U.S. officials confirm the missile circled the globe. The space launch involved a glide vehicle that traveled five times the speed of sound, landing 24 miles from its intended target, making the multi-billion dollar U.S. missile defense system built for ballistic missiles virtually obsolete overnight. Whether intended or not, China is acquiring a first strike capability. That is the part that got my attention and I thought was interesting. 
We've had this global dominant anti-ballistic missile defense system for decades, and it became obsolete overnight, which is which is the history of warfare. And I've always been into this read books, watch documentaries, just because I think it's so interesting. It's happened over and over throughout history, and it just happened a couple of weeks ago on a very high tech level. And there are examples of going way back where there was a certain kind of bow and arrow. And, you know, an army that just dominated with this kind of bow and arrow, but then somebody else invented the long bow, and all of a sudden they could reach you from twice as far away. And all of your abilities with your old bow and arrows became useless overnight. You're sitting there with an arrow sticking out of you. Who's a big man now, huh? Hmm? Right. And um, I was thinking of the example from uh, the Civil War, the ironclad battles, which if you're Civil War buffs, you know all about that. But uh, Spain, France... Great Britain had been dominating the seas for centuries with their technology, these big, giant wooden ships with with, uh, cannons on the side. And you'd pull up to another ship, and you'd turn sideways, and whoever had the most cannons blasting the other one to bits won. And it had been that way for hundreds of years. And then there was a battle between two ironclads, that's boats covered in iron, so the cannonballs just bounce off. And Great Britain and France and Spain looked at those and said, "Uh uh-oh, overnight... (laughs) Their dominance with those kind of ships disappeared. Didn't matter anymore. It's nice that you dominated the seas for 200 years. Nobody cares anymore. And that's the way it is with this, with these new uh, hypersonic missiles. Our ability to shoot down ballistic missiles, nobody cares. We got a way to deliver a nuclear weapon to Topeka, Kansas, if we want to, without you shooting it down. Sure, the people of Topeka are thrilled to hear themselves singled out. The one interesting thing about nuclear weapons, though, is that unlike virtually every other leap forward in weapon systems, it has led to its non-use. It's it, it's too terrible. It's too effective. And so it hasn't been used. And I wonder how long that persists. That yeah. Exactly. So if you had gathered around the smartest people in the world in August of 1945, after we just obliterated Hiroshima and Nagasaki, there wouldn't have been a single person there. That would have laid money on nobody will use a nuclear weapon in war in the next 75 years. Not a person would have bet a dollar on that. Mm -hmm. Or even in John Kennedy's time with the Bay of Pigs crisis, he would have never believed that 60 years later, still nobody will have used a nuclear weapon. It is amazing because it's so horrible. And we've been lucky that the people that have had, you know, the bulk of the of the weapons have just been unwilling enough to destroy the planet. But someday that's going to change. It's just inevitable, right? Uh, I don't know. I I don't want to be one of those guys sitting around uh, hypothetically betting in 1945. It's held this long. There must be a significant reason why. And I think we all understand what it is because it's seen as utterly indefensible. and, And if China were to launch a first strike, I think the entire world would turn against them in a way that's never been seen in human history. Uh, I I think I think first capability first strike capabilities did, is deterrence. Um I hope. I certainly hope. Although, you know, Chairman Xi and the Chinese Communist Party are a new kind of adversary as we've Absolutely. said many times. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 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 the way they look at human beings. So, um he could calculate, look, China needs to dominate the globe. That's why we're here. That's what China is. We're the dominant power in the globe and should be. And so we will obliterate Topeka, Kansas, and they will fire back, and they might kill 
uh, they might kill 80 million Chinese. I don't care. Right. I don't care. It's worth it. You know, if you've ever read Mein Kampf, uh, and I have, uh, mostly it's rambling, boring, terrible writing. But the one interesting thing in there is, is Hitler makes clear that the great men of history have killed many, many people, thousands, tens of thousands, millions. And if you, if you can't stomach doing that, you're not cut out for the job. So just get out. And I'm absolutely certain Chairman Xi has a similar view of things. So I kill a million people. The hell do I care? That's a history of conquest. So do we have any interest in playing the uh, second Jen Griffin uh, tape? I don't think it's necessary. Um, The only reason I ask is that uh, I thought it was funny in the first clip or the clip we played that she was talking about how uh, our intelligence services missed it because they are obsessed with the, you know, the situation in Afghanistan. The Wall Street Journal with quite a persuasive piece this morning saying uh, four U.S. intelligence agencies produced extensive reports on Afghanistan, but all failed to predict Kabul's rapid collapse. So you were fixated on it, but got it completely wrong. Wow. While, while China was testing a system that made our missile system obsolete overnight. Right. Fantastic. Other than that, thumbs up. Well done. That's a nice big one. deal, man. I just I don't I don't feel like everybody gets it, but it's a big deal. Our deterrence that we've had for everybody's life that's listening right now, that major deterrence ended. A couple of weeks ago. Now, we still have the main deterrence, which is we'll hit you with 50 for every one you hit us with. But in terms of defense, yeah, we, we don't really have much of a defense anymore, depending on how many of these things they can build and how quickly. Yeah. Which, it would seem, we don't have the ability to figure out. Uh, no. No. We're going to get hit with something someday and say, what is that? You have that? We didn't know you had that. I hope not. Hope you're wrong. Yeah, me too. Me too. Oh, the Buzz Lightyear thing. I got to yep. get to that. Yep. Uh, we got that coming up. What was the other thing I wanted to hit you with? Well, I ought to re-mention the, uh, the big economic news that's out today. Um, Let's Go Brandon continues to be a thing. <laughs> you can get a fabulous Let's Go Brandon hat, T-shirt. The T-shirts are flying off the shelves. A hoodie at uh, armstrongandgetty.com. Got a nice red and blue Armstrong and Getty logo on there. Makes a fabulous Christmas gift. Are you kidding me? Uh, order as soon as you can to make sure it gets there on time. Awesome. Let's go, Brandon! Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Buzz Lightyear to the rescue. Bonnie, how do you turn this off? I don't know. Just toss it in a drawer. Just proving that even after a perfect ending of the series in Toy Story 3, Disney can exploit the franchise one or two more times. That was from Toy Story 4, I think, which I didn't see. Uh, We saw in the theater, it uh, gave my kids nightmares. Oh, really? Yeah, the walking dummies were scary. The dummies were scary. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, nearly three decades after first hitting the big screen, Buzz Lightyear will once again be uh, on screen. There's a new Buzz Lightyear prequel. It's about the guy who inspired the toy, allegedly. 
in a blatant cash grab, although every movie is a blatant cash grab, and if it's good, who cares? But the controversial part, Jack, comedian Tim Allen, beloved American icon Tim Allen, will not be voicing Buzz, but instead it will be liberal actor Chris Evans. And I think I'm supposed to be angry about this. Well, has it got anything to do with that, or did Tim Allen just not want to do it? That oh, happens a lot. listen to you, sucker. You're blind. Blind to the that, realities. That happens a lot with sequels where, uh, for whatever reason, the original people say, nah, you know, the first one was great. I don't want to be part of a kind of second version. Or sometimes they do. Um, the uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies, there were, geez, four of them maybe? And the first three had all the same actors, but then the fourth one was like different parents and a couple of different kids. Is like the people had decided, that's ah, all right, we've done enough of this. Or something. I don't know what happens. Or maybe they're asking for too much money, too, but you don't Could know. Uh, but so in an effort to whip up this aspect of the culture wars, and some of the culture war thing stuff I think is important, and you have to stand up for your culture or it will go away or become perverted. But in this case, uh, I think this is Fox News talking about uh, one Twitter user said, um, point of order, Mr. Chairman. One Twitter user said, I eat my own earwax and regularly light my hair on fire. I mean, one Twitter user means nothing. Thanks, Twitter. No- nothing. But this guy said, so glad Tim Allen isn't voicing Buzz Lightyear. His political beliefs will negatively influence children to watch the film. And he sounds like he's 90 years old anyway. <laughs> so Chris Evans, the Marvel star will be the guy who inspired uh, Buzz Lightyear, I guess. All right. That's fine. All right, make you a little cartoon. And then this story. The L.A. City Council approved a pilot universal income program appropriating nearly $40 million to test out the one-year program, this universal basic income. You've heard about this, right? Every family gets, for instance, $1,000 a month in direct cash payments to lift them out of poverty, to enable them to find a better job, to inspire them to do better things. It will actually, it will decrease the welfare rolls if you do this. But of course, L.A. made it entirely needs-based and race-based. And if you have a kid based, and this gal who's an expert on these programs, been studying them all over the world, said... Almost every basic universal income pilot program in the U.S., and especially California, has been severely flawed. Universal income is supposed to go out to everyone regardless. That's why it's called universal. And California is targeting who gets it. I was about to jump in with the, you got to take that universal word out of there because that's the whole point. Right. That's That's the whole thing. That's the entire idea, is that if everybody gets the money, then they're, they're, the, com- the community will say, hey, Jim, sorry you're down on your luck, but I know how much money you got. You got the same amount I got, so, and you, you did what you did with yours. I did what I did with mine. I, sorry, I'm not going to help you. Right. right. That's like the whole point. So, many, so many things. Some libertarians like this idea because we'll eliminate other welfare programs. But, of course, that's never going to happen no, no. because the government controls the money spigot. They profit from it. But uh, so this gal, again, this expert, Cheryl Keating, law researcher, says uh, that that's supposed to go out to everyone regardless. And California is targeting who gets it. So when the results come in and show an improvement, it's like, no, duh. 
to cite a scientific term. It's not taking into account all the others who get the extra. We've seen from programs in the past who used a true form of it that a lot of money going to upper and middle class families actually went to saving or investing and not spending. And even on what was spent primarily goes to paying down debt or paying for rent or utilities or other needs. It's not going to be the economy booster like many think it will be and could lead to even more people leaving the workforce, which right now would be disastrous since there are so many openings right now. Mm. In a nutshell, this is just another flawed UBI program that ignores the universal part. There's a shock. So California, L.A. in particular, not paying attention to what's supposed to be happening, not caring whether it works or not, perhaps not even asking the question of whether it'll work or not, because it makes them look noble. So they're in favor of it. Well, enjoy squandering the $40 million, L.A., I think we can jam this in before we got to take a break. Back to the world of movies. Uh, luckily, America has gone another 24-hour period without Alec Baldwin shooting anyone. But let's find out what happened last week on the movie set with this report. Clip 82, Michael. I think the assistant director as well as the armor are most at risk for criminal charges, but so is Alec Baldwin because he wasn't just an actor relying on assurances. No, he was an on-location producer with that added responsibility. Uh, that was not my 82, so... That was anyway, three, I think. Um, anyway, so uh, there were a number of problems on the set, and uh, they still haven't figured out what the hell went on there. Um, why you would ever have live rounds anywhere around a movie set where you're going to use uh, fake guns, it's just it's hard for me to imagine why they would ever come within a mile of the place. But well, somebody brought them in. There's a story out that this same little gal who is the armorer who deals with the weapons, she was working on a movie with Nick Cage. He ended up storming off the set because she kept pulling the trigger and blowing off shots without warning anybody. Yeah. Surely they can hire better people than this. Have some economic news you need to hear coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. They called and invited you to the White House. Yeah, just so crazy. With the Ray-Bans, do you bring those or does he hand them out? He he gave them to me, actually. He gave me a few gifts. He gave me those. He gave me some M&Ms and he also gave me a shoehorn. Which was strange. Did had, he like, really like give the, you a shoehorn? Really, it had like the presidential like <laughs> emblem on it. I'm serious. It's in my house. Well, if you ever thought Joe Biden was too old to be president, <laughs> now we know he is. So he's giving out shoehorns. <laughs> he's giving out shoehorns. That's wow. pretty funny. Some young actress, singer. What is she? Um, <laughs> some hottie. Here's a nice shoehorn for you, dear. It's a shoehorn, young lady. Everyone can use a shoehorn. Static <laughs> and a calf car. And I said, hey, Esther. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, uh, some economic numbers are in I mean, the... I mean, could there be... Well, I, mothballs might be more old man-ish than a shoehorn. That's the only thing I can think of. Here's some nice mothballs to keep your sweaters from getting eaten by moth. Do you have sweaters? Here's some mothballs. <laughs> so the economy grew at about 2%, uh, which was less than they were hoping for, July through September. Uh, the GDP report was the worst since the U.S. economy began its recovery from the coronavirus, according to the Bureau of Economic Analysis. So there's that. 
Um, Biden is speaking any moment. He might be speaking right now. If he says something interesting, we will uh, bring you the highlights about the framework for the almost $2 trillion social, what are they calling it? Francification. That's what I well, call it. They call it human Bingo. infrastructure. Right. What is Fox calling it? Social uh, I, I, I think they're, yeah, the social spending bill. And then, the, as an afterthought, the actual roads and bridges and ships and airports kind of bill is is off to the side somewhere. Even though it, it could have passed easily yeah. back, what, two months ago? Yeah, and, and it's all way beyond the money we have. I mean, we don't have any of it. We're borrowing all of it. Our kids and grandkids are paying for it. We, we're so far from being in a position where we should spend any money until we get our act together. Well, and if I might repeat something stupid, boring, and irrelevant I said earlier, nobody ever even discusses how we could free up the money by eliminating other stuff that doesn't work or is redundant. I like the way Joe Manchin and uh, and the Republicans, for that matter, are seen as just such, you know, um, stick in the muds that they won't go along with this, the full three and a half trillion dollar social thing. None of them are saying, hey, how about this? How about we all get together and we figure out how we're going to make Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid solvent before we spend any more money? We figure out how we're going to pay for things. We get that all figured out first before we even pay for anything else. It's and a no, that, that's world not even a conversation. A beautiful world. No. How crazy is that? I know. It's, it, it is literally crazy. And we're it will fa- yield a terrible result. But. We're a family who's maxed out our credit cards, and now we're discussing, do we go to Mexico for vacation, or we do just stay in the States and like go to Disneyland? And nobody is saying, hey, how about we figure out how we're going to deal with our maxed out credit cards before we start discussing this other big expenditure? Well, no, right, no, no, that, no. We're only discussing how big our next expenditure is going to be. <laughs> right. Or to further flog the metaphor, the kids really want Disney+. Plus. And dad and mom are discussing, all right, which credit card do we use? And nobody points out, hey, we're still paying for MySpace and AOL and Sports Illustrated in print and Reader's Digest and, and things we haven't used and are useless and redundant and stupid. Nobody even brings that up. I just, it's no way to run a country. Um, the University of Pittsburgh has uh, got a list of words you're not allowed to say or put in print there on the university campus. So we love it when this happens. It's always fun. We'll take a oh, look at what words up, have been banned. Up. Oh, Lord. Right after this. <laughs> oh, quick word from our friends at Car Shield. It's a lose lose when you got a big uh, car repair. You, you lose your money, you lose your time. It's expensive, it's discouraging. Well, listen here now. Take care of covered repairs with CarShield. CarShield's administrators deal with it. They handle the paperwork, the expensive payments, so you don't have to, no hassles, no headaches. Seriously, CarShield could save you thousands. Yeah, the sweet spot they believe that CarShield fits into is right after your car runs out of warranty. So you buy a car, uh, new or used, and it's still under warranty. Cool. But when that warranty runs out, then what do you do? You drive around all the time thinking, man, anything goes wrong, I'm doomed. No, not with CarShield. So whether your car's got 5,000 miles on it or 50,000 miles or whatever, CarShield's for you. CarShield, plans from CarShield even provide uh, coast-to-coast roadside assistance, rental coverage, trip reimbursement, all at no additional charge. Win-win. Go to carshield.com slash Armstrong. Save 10% by using our code. That's carshield.com slash Armstrong. A deductible may apply. Go to carshield.com slash Armstrong. 
I've got a friend who was a university professor who more or less retired early over this sort of crap. He just decided, you know what, the world has passed me by, and I was planning on working longer, but I just uh, just can't deal with this. When his university put out a list of words they weren't allowed to use and how you had to put your pronouns on all your your emails and stuff like that, you just thought, you know, and I'm out. Well, I have a friend who loves teaching and is increasingly tempted to get out of it in a similar way because it's become so insufferable, as uh, and the students are too. I would love to teach. I would, I would so enjoy that local community college or whatever. But I, I, no, I am not venturing into that pit of vipers. The University of Pittsburgh, like most major universities, has an office of equity, diversity, and inclusion that you're paying for when you send your kid there, and they have declared such terms as secretary. Clerk and ombudsman, sexist language, and not to be used anymore. Wait a minute. In any official secretary. Tell that to the secretary of defense. What are you talking about? Yeah, I thought that one was pretty interesting, too. Um, All right, ombudsperson, for goodness sake. They want secretary and clerk replaced with administrator. For some reason, they say secretary or clerk has got some sort of demeaning or gendered feeling to it. No, it doesn't. Going and looking for offense is the mark of these people. Instead of saying mankind, you're supposed to say humankind. That's a marginal improvement. I mean, still got man in there. Please do not use gendered language to address everyone. We got to start locking the door. That guy's constantly bothering us. Chairman is chairperson. I think I think most of us are on board with that, um, like policemen and firemen and stuff like that. Yeah. Sure, fine. Uh, freshman though is now a first year student. Don't call him freshman. Okay, I won't. The mankind thing is so dumb. Well, the, well so the, like the freshman thing. So what is the what is the theoretical harm that's being done? The the university which is probably. Like all universities, dominated by young women. Yeah, probably sixty every, forty at best. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're concerned they're feeling left out or something. You know, I've always thought the that the the people with the mankind thing, like you're talking about, they've got it exactly opposite. So you have man, meaning humankind, humankind, and then you have a woman, a man with a womb, a special man, a unique man. I think men ought to be pissed that wait, wait, we're just we're just. Human? All we get, all you're doing is conceding that we're human. We don't uh, wool man. I want to be a, a a peen man. I think males should be referred to as peen men. Try to get that started. To uh, you know, uh, salute our uniqueness, our, what we bring to the party. <laughs> Ombudsman, which is not a term any college first year student is going to use anyway, right. uh, now needs to be ombudsperson. Um, All right, there you go. Here's your utopia. Oh, oh, hey, look, unicorns are flying. Sparkles are flying, falling down from the sun. Wait a minute, my bank account is full. Disease has been eradicated. No more war. Hooray, people are saying ombudsperson. <laughs> look, when I toot, a rainbow comes out. Yes, hooray. Uh, instead of saying ladies and gentlemen at the beginning of a speech or anything like that, you're supposed oh, to say boy. colleagues, guests. All friends, people, students, folks, but not ladies and gentlemen, because that 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 leads people to believe that there are genders, and we all know that that's just mean spirited. That is actually part of it. The whole uh, critical theory thing—they try to uh, erase any lines of distinction. 
it's it's long and complicated, and actually, it's crazy people who are engaged in it. But yeah, that's why they want that. They don't want any well lines of division or or lines of demarcation. They think everything should be smeared. There are no genders. There are no sections, and yet there are fifty. Well, okay, whatever. Yeah, people are know. crazy. <laughs> you know what woke means? It means you're a loser. Yeah, that's right, sir. Appreciate your clarity on the topic. We and shows like us only do that stuff to mock it, but it's just it's the fact that it actually exists is just well, it's too much. Well, and there are tens of thousands of young people on every college campus in America who would well, certainly not the smaller schools. I'll grant you that, but uh, there are thousands of kids who would be militantly angry at us for this discussion. I mean, they have just, they've swigged down all the Kool-Aid they can stomach, and they are ready to just persecute and judge anybody who dares not fall in line with today's party line. And I mean today's, because it'll be different tomorrow. Um, Um, I'm person will be just strictly forbidden soon. I'm at home. I got the COVID for for certain now. I got a positive test from the local university testing thing. And I I feel like crap. I think I'm going to find out. Today or tomorrow, I'm going to take a test whether I got the vid or just a cold. I think it's a cold. But um, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida put out a statement yesterday that Florida has reached lowest case rate in the nation. Yeah, you probably hadn't heard that because the beating up on Florida because they don't have vaccine mandates and they don't shut down their businesses and all that sort of stuff was also exciting when they had quite a bit of COVID around. Now that they're down at the very bottom, nobody seems to have any interest in reporting it. Yeah, I saw um, that, and I also saw that several blue states are getting hammered with it. Also, a couple of red states. It's just, it's so disingenuous. Oy. Red almost, states doing bad, you just hear it 500 times. Blue states going bad, yeah, nothing to see here. Do you think when this is all over, we'll get some sort of fair accounting of how mandates and shutdowns worked, or is that just a... It, it will be available. You will have to look long and hard to find it. Because I'd actually like to know. If it turns out that some things I didn't like worked, I'd like to know about it for the next pandemic hits. But if it turns out that the COVID just kind of rolled through your town or state, uh, regardless of your shutdowns or mandates or whatever, and kind of hit everybody the same way, well, then let's next time let's not do all this silliness. Well, one thing I've definitely become convinced of is little kids wearing ill-fitting cloth masks does nobody any good. It's just silly. If it's a 5% improvement, I'd be pleasantly surprised. Anyway. but I'm likely go. to get shot by Alec Baldwin as to get the vid through their mask, right? Exactly. That's a good point. All right. More to come. Scanning my stuff. I here. feel crappy. This I feel like this four-hour show has been the longest show we've ever done. And yeah. I used to have cancer. Well, you <laughs> Well, you're doing great. I mean, you're you're a brave uh, little man. We all admire you very much. I mean, you... <laughs> I'm not looking for that. I'm oh no, you're, that. you're kicking ass, though. I'm proud of you. Way to go! High five! Come on now. You're a you'll brave be, little man. You'll be feeling great tomorrow. The sun will come out tomorrow. I just told my son, who's over in the other room, he's over his COVID. I told him because I'm at home. Uh, I told him. I said after we I get off the air, I said I'm getting you some food and then I'm going to bed. I said, I don't care if you watch TV all day long or play Fortnite all day long or whatever, but I got to go to bed. <laughs> so he's yeah, excited about that. Um, and people keep uh, hitting me with lots of texts with all kinds of advice, whether it's ivermectin or uh, see, I told you vaccines don't work. So, you know, just. Uh... Are you getting any home remedy suggestions? 
That's what I need is some hot chicken soup. That's what you need. Exactly. Can't hurt. All right. Um, uh, we'll check in on Joe Biden's speech. He's letting America know what the framework is for the $2 trillion social infrastructure thingy. Uh, we'll get that for you on the way. Text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. There's a deal. Number one, the thing that they said. Come on. Number two, the two part. <laughs> Folks, three. You know, come on. I'm not kidding around. No rocket science. There's, there's a deal. Dana Carvey doing Joe Biden. Uh, we just wanted to hear that because it's funny. <laughs> number one, the one thing. Ah, you know, come on. Come on. You know the deal. Come on. You know. <laughs> The president so speaking. Go ahead, yeah. President speaking currently, and then uh, we're going to get the details of his dang plan, and we'll see if it passes and whatever. I don't know. It's wearing me out. Well, really? Because we've got to distill down a little chunk of what he said. Okay. Cool. Kind of introductory remarks. You got that, Michael? Right. Today, uh, I'm pleased to announce that after after months of tough and thoughtful negotiations, I think we have an historic. I know we have a historic economic framework. Here's no one thing. got everything they wanted, including me. But that's what compromise is. That's consensus. And that's what I ran on. I know it's hard. I know how deeply people feel about the things that they fight for. But this framework includes historic investments in our nation and in our people. Any single element of this framework would fundamentally viewed, would view, be viewed as a fundamental change in America. Taken together, they're truly consequential. Dummy. <laughs> that was not helpful at all. First of all, he sounds a hundred. He sounds like I feel <laughs> with the COVID. Um, he just he has no vim and verve. I mean, just wow. No, no. Uh, and uh, they haven't voted yet. And it's still uh, an open question whether the progressives are saying, nah, we ain't doing it. We need more. Got to be bigger. Got to be more. So we'll see if Nancy, the, the rumor is Nancy's going to put at least one of them, if not both of them, uh, up to a vote today. So we'll see. Yeah, I think Nancy has figured out it's time to quit uh, negotiating and, and everybody lay their chips down on the table. She's got to figure out what she's got, you know, what her, what her caucus actually looks like. I was listening to some more of the president's speech during the uh, commercials in it. It was a sales pitch. It was not, uh, well, it was an announcement of what will be, but it's not uh, been birthed yet. It's not been was voted on to, yet. Is he trying to do it like a presumptive close sort of thing? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that's what I was driving at. Yeah, I think he was trying to lay it in front of the American people. See how wonderful this is? See how many checks the government is going to write you and your family? And he went with, you know, if you make X amount, you'll get this. If you make X amount, you get this. How child care, blah, 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 blah. Try to get people hooked. And every publication that's written about this talks about this being a, um, um, a change in the relationship between the people and their government unseen in like a hundred years. Yeah, some of that stuff's been scaled back. Um, 
just, you know, how much, we don't know. Plus, you know, one thing that nobody ever discusses, I almost brought this up when we were talking with David Drucker in hour two of the show. If you missed that interview, he's a great congressional correspondent. Uh, check it out, hour two, I think it was segment three. But um, nobody ever brings up when they're discussing the price tag of this gargantua, whatever it ends up being, that all the numbers are fictional anyway. I mean, they're, they're over the next two years. Well, you're offering up a benefit that people are never going to give back. So the idea that it's just going to be two years' worth is hilarious. Not to mention, when was the last time government told you, okay, your, for instance, bullet train is going to cost X, and it ended up being anywhere near X? So, you know, we have bull essers discussing fictional numbers and trying to ram it down the American throat. I don't know. I don't know. There's some days. And that pre-K, which we talked about for a long time yesterday, which is just an awful idea on all kinds of different levels and really expensive, is still in there. That's one of the things that's going to happen. That's, yeah, that's a major change. Care. Major change in our country. Then yeah. it's going to happen. Oh, right, what are you going to do? Let Uncle Sam raise your child. Come sit on my knee, Junior. Stroke my, my white beard. Ladies and gentlemen and hermaphrodites? No, that's not the that's not the approved new way to introduce people. Was that from the text line? Yeah. I'll thank you not to sully our text line with your ravings, sir or madam. I will block that person because, no, that's not what we're supposed to say. You're supposed to say folks or everybody or y'all, but you're not is, supposed to say it, ladies and gentlemen. Like, isn't there a variation on folks with like a V or something or a An U? An X, I think, at the end. Oh, yeah, clearly. Yeah, got to have that X there. Now, how that works when you're not in print, I don't know. I don't know either. God, these people are nuts. <laughs> they really are. They're so up their own heinies. How's the view up there? You got any polyps going or anything? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's time to wake up and smell the proctology. I what mean, it's just... These people are they're tied themselves up in knots. They got their heads up their own heinies, and they're telling us how to live our lives and what words we can use. I'm tired of it. That's the worst thing you've ever said. Well, that's saying something. You ever heard the show before? Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> if you miss any of this show, get it on the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> 